Did I make it? Am I here? Yes, I am. You're here. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and I was a little concerned because I got blipped during this whole intro. <laughs> I didn't know. Say it so. Yeah, like I got blipped in my internet. I don't know what just happened. Things are crazy. Like, yeah, so yeah, we got storms here in the good old Nashville of Tennessee. So uh, I don't know. But uh, apparently I'm still here. And with me are my co-hosts, Matthew Aguilar. Yo, yo. Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. And we got a special guest who I can stop stalling for because I just learned how to pronounce his last name and we got it down. And it's one of our great writers. He covers a variety of things. I think his uh, primary forte is uh, gaming. If I'm not. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes Mike, uh, yeah. Gaming. So Mark Deschamps is with us. You, you nailed it, Kofi. Perfect. I had a bit of a crib sheet by just frantically messaging you on the side and being like, <laughs> how do I pronounce your last names? Because I don't want to butcher anybody's name. I hate doing that. Um, and I didn't want to say Deschamps or something. And I feel like that's what people always say and like mess it up. So I'll I wanted to get the real you. Frenchness of it uh, and I wanted to get it down. So, Mark, thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> yeah, we love having you guys. It's hard to get anybody from the gaming community in here. You guys are notoriously fickle about coming on our show. I'm talking <laughs> talking to you, Tanner, Roland. <laughs> but, uh, they're all too shy. Yeah, Called out. Yeah, they're all very shy. I mean, they're they're used to their gaming, and, and yeah, man, they're just used to screaming at people like me over over chats. I get it. But uh, <laughs> Mark is joining us today because being a gaming expert, this is a great time for you to be on because we just got a big gaming movie release, which is Mortal Kombat. Uh, the 2021 reboot of the Mortal Kombat movie franchise is now out on HBO Max and in theaters. And uh, yeah, I mean, it created kind of quite a buzz over the weekend. I was kind of keeping an eye on social media because I'm very curious about especially these WB movies and the HBO Max release and, and what it all does. And so we're going to talk Mortal Kombat spoilers. We're going to talk some other things down the line. If you guys want to be here and stick around, we're also going to get to what happened in the end of the Falcon and Winter Soldier and Captain America 4 coming and all that. We're also going to talk what's happening next in the MonsterVerse after Godzilla versus Kong. And we got some big comic things to talk about today. But like I said, first, let's get to it. Let's talk about Mortal Kombat. And we're going to be talking about this movie in full spoilers. We had Chris Killian give you a preview before it came out. But uh, let's let's get down to it. So, Rich, if you're back there, uh, do we have our spoiler alert so we can uh, just warn everybody? So before we uh, jump into all this. <laughs> I just read one of the comments. <laughs> <laughs> I bathed in its gore. Wow. I what a, love what a That is an amazing comment. Yeah, that's an intense comment. Some people are like happy they're bathing in Mortal Kombat's gore. So let's get into all of that. Uh, all right. Um, you know, Mortal Kombat's out. Um, I'll just quickly kind of start it off. I was a kid. I was a 90s kid. So when this movie was released in 95, I was with my best friend uh, visiting New Mexico. We went to a theater and man, you know, that really was that was a joint for me. You know, that's kind of martial arts epic movie built off a of video game. Uh, yeah, I had really kind of I, I enjoyed it. I mean, that's just that's just a long short of it. To me, it was a classic. It had a lot of classic moments and just classic performances. And, and yeah, Mortal Kombat is a cult, if not a classic on the cinema level, it's definitely a cult classic movie for me as a 90s kid. So I was kind of interested to see. I, I haven't kept with the games as much 
as other people have in their kind of later iterations as we've gone up to like 9, 10, 11, and these kind of drastic redos of the story and the, and the mythology. Uh, but I thought that this Mortal Kombat is a lot like the 95 one in that it's fun for what it is, but it, it is not high cinema, obviously. Um, but it's fun for what it is. I think this one is a little bit sloppier than a 95 in the terms of the way it's kind of put together. And of course the fun factor, I think 95 is still the more fun Mortal Kombat, but this one was an interesting, if not a bit jumbled franchise starter. There are some things that I really want to dig into that, uh, that did bother me about this movie kind of like it it does skirt around the line of just logic and narrative a lot uh, but ju- just to give us some crazy payoffs and and try to make it a video game movie in a sense. But uh, yeah, we'll dig into deeper. But like I said, I think it was fun for what it is. I also bathed in the gore. I loved that. I did not mind seeing heroes do some truly horror movie jigsaws type stuff to people. Uh, <laughs> I dug that. And a lot of the main fight sequences were very entertaining and and very well done even if they were somewhat kind of familiar and derivative like you know kano versus sonya like i've seen that it was called kill bill 2 where they fought in a trailer and like i like (laughs) kill bill 2 a little bit more but this was still pretty pretty uh entertaining so that's me mark you're the guest let's throw it to you what did you think about mortal kombat as both a gamer and a movie fan well, like you, Kofi, I grew up with the 95 Mortal Kombat movie. I was about 10 or 11 when it came out, which was like the perfect age for that movie because like, it's great, but it's dumb. Like it's dumb. Great. And that, that clicks with you at that age. And what I liked about the new movie is it felt like something I would have loved when I was 10 and like, I feel like if you're a kid that can handle gore, like this is a movie, I know it's R rated. I feel like that's still kind of like the target audience, people who were 10, like that worked perfectly for me. Um, the gore was excellent. Like you, from a, on a, from a cinematic perspective, I thought it left a little bit to be desired, but from like that, you know, growing up with Mortal Kombat perspective, I thought it was a lot of fun. Man, simple. So I like gaming. You guys are you guys keep it concise. You get to the point. I love it. Matt, you're always we never know which way you're gonna go. Are we gonna get the sugar or the peppery? Salty. You can be salty, sugary, or peppery. What do you got? What do you got for us this time? The ultimate thing of checks mix. That's what I am. I am a I am travel mix. I will say uh, this movie was dope. This movie was awesome. (laughs) I went in fully expecting, like fully knowing what I was gonna get. You know, I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. I, I played most of, if not all, the games. <laughs> These plots are all over the place. I don't go in expecting Scorsese. Uh, like, it's, I know what I'm getting. And this movie gave me that in spades. And just complete, like, it, from the moment someone said, and I cannot remember exactly when, because we get a couple of these moments where, like, people literally say the words fatality out loud. Uh, and, like, Finish him like flawless victory. Kano wins. It might have been Kano wins. I I I don't remember which one was first, but essentially Uh, Kano. I think Kano Kano wins. Yeah. So for the first first. one of those though, because there's several, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm in. 
Like I was like, Same. that was it. That's all it took. Okay. It was a, an acknowledgement of like, this is what to expect from our film. That first sequence uh, with the fight between Sub-Zero, uh, well, not Sub-Zero at the time, uh, and Scorpion, again, Scorpion at the time. Those, like that fight, I thought was pretty indicative of what was to come. So, I mean, if you don't like that fight, I feel like you're probably not going to, love uh, the other stuff that comes after that um i will totally get why some fit because i've seen this a couple places of like scorpion got the shaft even though like the character is fundamental to like the main character's plot and things like that as a whole if you were a scorpion fan going into this you're probably going to be bummed because like he's in the movie a total of 10 minutes it feels like uh i am a sub-zero fan always have been so I was loving this movie like this, that this is a sub-zero movie um, in pretty much every way. Uh, and I just loved how they brought such a welcome, like not horror vibe, but just a little like an edginess and a, and a tension to that character that he lacks a lot of times because especially in the games too, like he's, he's the, you know, kind of the stone cold. He's like the anti-hero at this point uh, of the gaming franchise. So here I thought it was really nice to see like that villain part of him explored. Yeah, it's basically I, I Jason Voorhees in this. I dug it. I, I, I dug it. I was, I was all about it. Yes. Some of the plot stuff I, I'm sure doesn't make sense. Every, but time I really he showed up, every time he showed up on screen, I was like, somebody about to die. Somebody about to die. <laughs> and it was, and it was great. I dug it. So yeah, I was all in Janelle. What do you think? Oh, gosh. Um, So let me just I said this last week, Mortal Kombat 95 is in my top five favorite movies of all time. So um, I I was the little girl that was dragging my parents to the movie theater to go watch this. And I'm sure my mom was going, what did I do wrong? Um, Because all my other friends were watching um, like Barbie flicks and stuff like that. But um, totally obsessed with it. I thought they did such a good job. With the hype that I was hearing online and from like Chris Killian when he came on, I thought there was going to be more gore. I actually could have had more. Like I want an entire like spine rip out of <laughs> like I, I'm I'm ready for all of it. Um, and Chris also said that there was no techno Mortal Kombat theme, and he was wrong because there <laughs> I was definitely listening for that. Um, the soundtrack to me is so much a part of that first movie. Like it's like another character you have to have that soundtrack and they did pay homage and it was it, there was techno version. So it was awesome. Um, my standout, obviously Scorpion, he's my favorite character. I love getting a backstory on this scary dude that, you know, from the original movie, you just, you're just like, Oh gosh, he's just creepy. And, and he has a scary fire skull and he like, <laughs> he's battling Johnny Cage down in hell. But um, yeah, I, I reach in his hand. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really, I was really, really happy with it as a, I would say like a huge fan of the retro film. I am completely satisfied, but I wish that we could ask if anybody is in chat who have watched it, what was your experience if you didn't, have any you know knowledge previous understanding of mortal combat because i feel like you would kind of like just the leg sweep with Liu Kang, that one part, I was dying laughing. I was like out loud, like belly laughing because that was me trying to play the video game. I liked the movie so much. I tried to play the video game. Dude, that was the only thing in the arcade. You could get in fights like that in the arcade. If you don't remember what arcades were like, 
I mean, now in retrospect, they were super creepy, but like some grown man would be beating a bunch of kids. But like, yeah, man, that leg sweep, it would get, you could start some fights in the arcade. If you, if you were there for Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat 2 and Mortal Kombat 3, you, you know what I'm talking about. So good. I, I just want to say I am so grateful. Some of these, I feel like this like 20 year later skip is happening a lot in movies and TV shows and things like that, where like they're bringing back throwback films and, and TV shows and things like that. And some of them are fizzling. And this one, I'm just so pumped. I'm so glad they decided to bring it back. And I'm holding out hope for, you know, more announcements. Ooh, our Facebook yeah. fans don't seem to like this. I mean, we got super trash, underwhelmed, garbage. <laughs> yeah, it's very divisive. I've, Ooh, yeah. I've, I've noticed. I also, watched it props. twice in one day. Dang. 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 Wow. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Props wow. one number one off of what Janelle was saying because like, the back. leg sweeps thing was awesome. Also, props to who designed like the the fighting choreography with Jax because like there's <laughs> elements of his combos in that fight scene. And it's so cool to like see him actually do things that you're like, oh my God, I remember pulling that off. Like it's it's cool to like attention to detail there. Um and I had oh, I will say Ludi Lin killed this as as Liu Kang. He was fantastic. Oh, gosh, yeah. I hate that character in the he game. He almost like overacted, <laughs> but I, I dug but it. I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Liu Awful He's in the so game. wholesome like, and like, yeah, it's like it was perfect. Dude, but uh, yeah. according to the most fan reactions I've seen, Kung Lao stole the show. As, oh, as, loved yeah. Kung Lao. Yeah, he, he was, was great. Awesome. Yeah. So good. Also, Cabal yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, Cabal was those great. two were big standouts for people. I mean, obviously, Kano was like the breakout star. This Chris Killian, I think, got that part right when he said that uh, Kano was very much a breakout star in this because he was. I mean, he he delivered lines like you know that Kano wins thing in the first that you know, actually pay like made it seem well done and, and like pulled off, you know, in a very good way. As someone um, noted, he does also have the best fatality in the movie. I feel like, Oh yeah. Oh, the, the heart thing or the lizard. Oh, uh, no, the, uh, the spinning Kung Lao, the spinning. Oh, uh, oh yeah. When he like far. puts, yeah, I think that's the best one. Well, that's what I was bunch. referencing when I said, I don't mind heroes who do some crazy saw type stuff. to people. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, okay. I mean, it's not every day you see a movie like where a dude just saws a woman in half, even if she's a demonic, you know, succubus woman. Like it was, it was pretty intense. And they show every part of that. Like, if you don't know what we're talking about, this is a spoiler. If you're probably not going to watch the movie anyway, um, Kung Lao's fighting this winged, uh, beast lady. I don't know. I forget her name. Not important. She doesn't last long. Uh, <laughs> and he, she's trying to swoop in from the back and get him. And he kind of jumps on her back and is flying on her back. And he, kind of calls his hat out into the sand and turns it into a saw blade and runs her right through the saw blade and saws her completely in half, which they show every inch of this, just, you know, her split yeah. in half. That's a tar, and he's just right? soaked in blood. What's that? It's Natara, right? Isn't that? Who I, that I, like I said, I, I don't know the that? like upper games the and stuff. I didn't yeah. either. I didn't know any of the newer characters, uh, but I, I was okay Cabal, with that. that was about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But like I said, it doesn't matter. She doesn't say much. She doesn't not last. Yeah, she really doesn't. Um, <laughs> and so like, yeah, she gets sawed in half and Kung Lao puts on his, he's just soaked in blood and he's just like, you know, puts on his hat and does his pose and with a flawless victory, which is badass. But I was like, okay, I guess these are heroes. Like, yeah, sure. Um, but okay. So we've kind of, been good on Mortal Kombat. I'm going to have to take it down to a more negative place. There are some crazy things about this movie. A lot of people are mad. I feel like the classic villains are getting kind of played out and old and weren't really effectively used in this one. 
Shang Tsung was weak as hell to me, like as a villain in this. Like all he did was warp places he wasn't supposed to and <laughs> eat dudes, one dude's so, like soul. Goro was just completely like, I was just Boy, like, ah. punked. Goro got punked. Yeah. yeah. Like, By literal plot armor that a guy develops, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that Cole develops. They're like, what do we do with this Akuna or whatever? He's like, I don't know. Just like give him some plot armor. He can't be beat because he's now like. I know Colossus it's not spelled his name, but did anyone actually sing Akuna Matata after one of those? I did. I kept saying it to no. me. Yeah, I, I kept did. saying I totally like did. over and not over. Lie. I made that joke like 50 times. <laughs> I'm um, not going to lie. I did. So I wasn't I wasn't impressed with the whole Goro fight. Goro attacking a farmhouse just seemed really weird to me. Like I was just like, this is weird. But um, yeah, yeah, the narrative of this is just a ridiculous thing. And whenever they tried to get dramatic, like Louis Tan, like I mean, like it, it was okay, but Cole was not my guy for this. Like everybody else was more interesting to me than Cole. And when he got dramatic about his family, I was like, who the hell cares? Kill them already. Like Damn. just murder them. Like oh, wow. then I could see you fight for real. Like now I know why you'd be spazzing out. But um, yeah, the narrative is a mess. Like I feel like, I don't know who wrote, like, I mean, I know who wrote this, but like what it was, they were thinking, but it's basically Shang Tsung's trying to cheat the tournament and keeps attacking them while they're like doing these training montages. We never actually get to the actual tournament. We just have them set up video game fights because in a montage, Cole's just like, yeah, we each could attack somebody. We'll have these one-on-ones and then we'll have a tag team big finish. And it's just like sequences of them playing Mortal Kombat matches, basically. Um, you know, which by that point I was good because I was like, I don't need to see any more narrative out of this. Just like, let's right. get to the fights. <laughs> yeah. uh, and let's get to the Sub-Zero Scorpion stuff, which was awesome. And like Matt said, the fight choreography was awesome. And the Scorpion Sub-Zero stuff was just really cool. Um, and that whole sequence is, is cool. And it was brutal. Like, yeah, they really set the tone in that opening scene where Bilan, who becomes Sub-Zero, like murders Scorpion's family and like his little kid and stuff. I was like, OK, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I guess we're doing this. All right. Uh, this is how we're going into, you know, 10 toes deep. But um, yeah, the story is a mess. The dramatic acting was a mess. Like that, that was all terrible to me. But uh, but it gets by because we got to see people, you know, Mortal Kombat characters doing Mortal Kombat fights, and the jokes and the kind of humor of it was good enough for me, and was pretty good. So there is room for this franchise to grow. I would say maybe in the hands of a better director uh, after this, but there is definite room for this to grow. Like having an actual tournament, having more Scorpion. Having yeah. some better villains, you know, who Johnny Cage, a, yeah, Johnny Cage, but like, you know, there's a lot to do. Quan Chi, I want them to get Katana? into the weird. Oh my god, why the hell? Like, yeah, uh, I, I want them to get into the weird, like, revenants, like, you know, you know, when they're dead, they're shadow selves and the time travel. I mean, by the time we get to third movie, why not? Like, let's just put it all on the table and get weird with this. So, so, when Goro popped up, it took me a minute to like realize that, like, um, the the like teleporting effect the evil teleporting effect was the same across the board it wasn't like customized to each person so i went oh my god smoke like i lost my mind for a minute and then it was like goro and i was completely let down <laughs> I, was, I was like oh it's just goro <laughs> oh i thought it was smoke too for a minute i was like whoa right. and then like, it's oh. just I, I picked up later that it's just like that's the effect that everyone gets on his side while <laughs> Raiden like makes everybody go through. I didn't know electricity also acted as portals. Like there's a lot of that stuff, you know, kind of weird stuff. But yeah, I was totally like smoke. So I was just sorry. I, I was just really let down by all the villains in general. Like I felt like they all got taken out like super easily. 
like they built them up to be like this great threat. And then as soon as it was one-on-one, like there was no difficulty whatsoever there. Dude, Melina, like yeah. the one yeah. blast I'm yeah. like, through the, through the body. I'm like, that seemed weird. Cause like, I was all about that fight. Cause they tease it, you know? And like when Sonya finally gets her, you know, like, finally comes in gets the symbol and everything i was like yes we're gonna see this throwdown and then literally it lasts for two minutes not even i don't even think it's two minutes um i was disappointed by that yeah i agree except for sub-zero sub-zero yeah, i thought they actually paid the right the beginning of that third act felt really sloppy and choppy like that's where the movie where they were like okay just cut this up and like let's get to it because yeah i mean there was like a lot of weird misdirection like melina fighting cole and then you know sonia finally just coming in for the kill shot i mean and don't get me wrong i'm always happy to see sonia's rings again because i blasted a lot of fools with those in the original they look games cool. yeah but uh yeah it, it was just kind of weird and choppy and, and like those rivalries like you said they set up didn't really like play out like the same way like goro cole didn't know goro from a hole in the wall he just was like Oh, there's this four-armed monster in my farmhouse. Like, and that was just like really weird. And like you said, Melina and Sonya didn't really get to have their thing. And even Kung Lao did have like some big long grudge against this wing lady, like uh, Natara. Um, it was only in in Cabell didn't even like fight Kano. Like, you know, they just partnered up again <laughs> after he like killed him. Don't think about any of this. Just don't think about <laughs> it. Just just they beat each other up. It was cool. Um, yeah, but I think Sub-Zero clearly was in, you know, Joseph, uh, Joe Tossum. I don't want to butcher his name, the guy from the raid, but, uh, yeah, he was great in this and making Sub-Zero like, like the Jason Voorhees of this franchise was, was a brilliant move, I think. Um, and that alone was, was really great. So yes, I would like to see more from, yeah, I say all that and I slam Mortal Kombat, but I would like to see more of it. I would like to see more, uh, just some some tweaks right like some better character drama an actual tournament i'd like to see more of outworld or nether realm or like some of these other things that of course were not in but in the budget for this one obviously but um yeah there's more they could do so that's me on mortal Kombat. anybody have any closing thoughts i really hope we get kano back like i know he like kind of died but like this is mortal Kombat. oh no yeah <laughs> you definitely got to bring him back that's what i've said you could do those like shadow cells or the remnants or whatever they called them in the games where people come back and those like dark wraith versions of themselves and you know the later games are all kind of built about uh, built on that idea um yeah bring him back for sure he i really felt like he fit like the johnny cage hole because like Johnny Cage was the comic relief in the 95 movie. You needed that with this. And like, he made me laugh every time he was on screen, which is not like an easy task. Like I thought he really did a lot with it. And I would love to see him back. I was, I was actually really disappointed when he like turned, you knew he was going to turn, but like when the turn happened, it really bummed me out. So like, I hope we get him back. I hope we get to see more done with him. Agreed. Yeah. He was, he was a bright spot. Hashtag bring back Kano for sure. <laughs> also, uh, our world is a very picturesque place. I did not expect that. <laughs> like it looks far prettier than I feel like it's supposed to be. Uh, like every time they would show these like crazy vistas and it's like, eh, it's kind of pretty. I don't like you need to talk to the groundskeeper at your apartment. I, I don't complex. know. I just thought like, <laughs> it's like you, you hear this place and like typically in the games, it's like, you know, everything's gloomy it's always dark everything's like there's giant ruptures of like crazy green energy and stuff like here it's like oh that looks like you know minnesota 
I don't know. <laughs> I thought it they was just weird. went for a casual stroll. They went to Montana. You know, Crow, Crow 0731 says restore the Kano verse. Amen. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Cosby released the, released the Kano Bro. code. Kano's getting his own hashtags. We've done our uh, job here. Awesome. So that's it. Uh, Mortal Kombat is available on uh, HBO Max and in theaters right now. Um, some people love it. Some people hate it. Check it out if you have it. Make your own decision. If our spoiler field discussion helped you, you're welcome. All right. That'll do it. Mark, thank you for joining us. We're going to let you get out of here because gaming always has, they always have something else to do, man. They're always like, it's always something. Yeah. They what just roll through. They just appear at your party and then kind of roll out. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Yes. Thank you, Mark. Awesome. Yes. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Take care, guys. All right. We got to pay some bills so we're going to take a quick break but when we come back it's time to get into marvel's ending of the falcon and winter soldier the setup for captain america 4 and what that's all about plus we are also going to talk about what's next in the godzilla versus kong monster verse stay tuned Man, it always scares me when we come that back. That music scares the yeah. snot yeah. out of me. It scares me every time when we come back from break. <laughs> My God, it makes me jump. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're back, kind of. We're a little bit shook. But uh, let's real quick just jump to Godzilla versus Kong and the Monsterverse. So Godzilla versus Kong was the uh, previous big movie to come out on HBO Max and in theaters, and it's done well for itself. Uh, I mean, it's not unfair to say that Godzilla versus Kong has kind of sparked you know, re-sparked the movie theater industry by making, you know, pretty good money overseas. And yeah, kind of like I said, lighting up the box office in the U.S. and abroad. And so with that kind of success, obviously, this was supposed to be the culmination of the whole Monsterverse you know, uh, franchise for Warner Brothers, Kong Skull Island, Godzilla 2014, Godzilla King of the Monsters, and now this. So what's next? Uh, so a new report has come out that says... Godzilla vs. Kong director Adam Wingard is in talks with uh, Legendary Pictures and they are, quote unquote, quietly taking steps to stretch the MonsterVerse with more installments, one or more. And we always know which way studios like to go or the <laughs> or more. Um, no timetable on this, but this they're going to keep this thing going, it seems like. There's already been some kind of uh, suggestions that what we could see is... Son of Kong, I believe, was one title that was kind of oh thrown gosh. out there, <laughs> uh, which is, again, would be a remake of the classic kind of kaiju movies in Kong movies. Uh, but it, it seems like we're going to do that, although that would be I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think about the MonsterVerse? Where do you go from here? What would you be interested in seeing? Hit me with your best ideas. Janelle. Uh, I feel clueless like I, I I don't care that much about the monster verse personally so it is not something that I have thought about <laughs> um I I honestly I don't I I'm I'm looking forward to Loki <laughs> and like other Marvel properties that just I this doesn't really get me pumped about like any like none of it really I, I'll watch it but I was kind of half watching Godzilla versus Kong anyways. So I feel like I'm the worst judge of this, but you know, it could be cool. 
I'll watch it. I, I will take it in. It, it like keep the actors going. Like let's keep this universe going. Uh, don't replace people. And I'll just hope for the best, I guess. <laughs> the more content girl. I don't care. Watch more content. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. Uh, I'm going to stick up for this actually, because I was sitting here thinking about it. Um, I think I would be down with a Sonic Kong movie. Uh, one is personal because, you know, I'm in the midst of trying to raise a son right now who's two going on three. And uh, I feel like he turns me into a wild ape quite often. <laughs> and his reactions to me, we Especially have wild, <laughs> yeah, wild ape kind of interactions. Thank God for my wife. Um, but yeah, I think Son of Kong would be great because I could actually envision that being the first of these movies that we could really in a major way just say F the human characters and kind of get rid of them because most of that movie would be a cute kind of awesome and scary epic movie of Kong trying to raise his kid and keep his son safe, especially if there's some drama like the mom dies and blah, blah, blah. And it's just the two of them and him trying to, you know, parent this son would be actually kind of amazing <laughs> to watch to me. Um, and having, if they're in hollow earth and there was all these other monsters and threats that he's got to kind of keep his boy safe from. And, you know, you know, I'm sure humans would have to help them in some way, but like we could spend a lot. It'd be more like, you know, Dawn of the planet of the apes where if you saw that movie, the whole opening 30, 40 minutes was just the apes living in their society with Caesar using sign language, kind of figuring out their stuff. And, that was amazing to me. It was like the best part of those movies. So I'd be actually down with Son of Kong. I think it'd be, it's time. I think it was maybe Wingard who said that, you know, we could do away with the human audience. It's time to just, and that's why he didn't do all those reaction shots from the ground up. But um, yeah, I, I would love to see Kong raising a kid, uh, you know, and them taking on threats and, you know, being scared for his little boy in these fights just to see the kid rise up and be just as strong as his dad and stuff like that. So that'd be kind of cool. I'm down with that. More I'm, content. I'm down with that too, actually. That's, I, I Where's see mom? That. Like, where does the mom fit in all this? She did. Okay. We're going to save mom, you know, something, something like that. I, if you want to hope for more hopeful things, something happened to mom and they got to save mom. Yeah, that, I, yeah I'm down for his son of Kong though. Like, I would watch that because honestly, I don't really need another Godzilla movie. I know people hate me for this, but like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about Godzilla. Yeah, um, like you. Let's like just you. stop for a minute and just say, I don't think there's any more. We've tried a Godzilla trilogy and I don't think any of it has managed to make any kind of impact on deeper levels of Godzilla-ing. Like, it, no, right. it, it's just a dumb lizard. You know, I mean, I, I know how people <laughs> feel about lizards and stuff, but He's just a dumb, destructive lizard that just wants to be, you know, the the king. So we right, get it. Yeah, like it's just very basic, which is fine. And again, we just talked about Mortal Kombat, right? So I'm not. I go into a Godzilla movie expecting certain things. I know what I'm getting. So I'm not necessarily faulting for doing what it's supposed to do. But at the same time, the only movie in the MonsterVerse that I that really got, you know, uh, that really I found myself liking on a different level than just the the surface was Kong Skull Island because I cared about Kong. And so he's the best part of the newest movie to me as well. So mm -hmm. if I'm going to care about the monsters in any way, it's going to be revolving around him and his family. So yeah, you throw in fatherhood and all that stuff and, and keep the human characters in service of the, of the Kong plot line. I'm good. I'd, I'd go watch that as for anything else. 
you know, I'm, I don't close the door. I mean, I like this universe. Um, you know, it, there's so many cool creatures and so many different things that you can spotlight if you really wanted to. Uh, so I'm, I'm good for more, but that is the one that interests me most. I'm going to, you know, several commenters have said this and guys, we saw you. Um, Legendary does hold the cards to pull off something like a monster verse Pacific rim crossover, um, which I would be down for too. Yeah. only good way I could see the human characters getting used is trying to pilot those stupid Jaegers with their mind melds and trying to fight Godzilla and, and or King Kong. That would be uh, pretty, yeah. pretty awesome. And then teaming up with them to kill the Kaiju, you know, that'd be, that'd be pretty, yeah. that'd be pretty rad. Sign me up for uh, that. Yeah. Sign me up for that. You know, take these two half franchises we got going and slap them together. And now you got something Godzilla Kong, robots boom we are we're we i mean yeah, that's you got pretty me. much the trifecta you take all your toys and just put them together we all did it as kids so i'm down with you <laughs> pacific rim monster verse crossover people so uh yeah but um yeah no I, I mean the son of kong thing the more i think about it could be could be a great story like whether kong never realizes that he had a son and he's got to start paying monster verse child support and <laughs> hanging out with him and all that stuff and they That's have a so great. bad relationship because of that and because he was like where were you dad you were off on skull island like you know all that stuff yeah that'd be there's a lot you can just do be doing like sign language the whole time or like well he would have to teach him i mean there's a lot that's why it's powerful there's a lot you could do about a father and son story you know about what it is to be a dad you know how you have to teach them and you know basically teach your little boy not to be a, a crazy animal which is every father's journey and having to solve your own toxic man shit in the process sorry uh but that's also part of this journey um you know all of that is something you could work out pretty effectively in a in a kong movie but uh i don't get paid for this so that's all i'm giving them all right godzilla versus kong the monster verse we're just going to keep going that is the bottom line let's move right along to our big marvel discussion Falcon and Winter Soldier is over, y'all. Um, uh, I wasn't too thrilled with the finale episode, per se. It did what it needed to do. It put the pieces in place. But as uh, I'm getting kind of let down by these final battles in these Disney Plus shows, uh, it's always the episode before that seems to be the best one, right? Mm -hmm. Like WandaVision yeah. had the episode before of going back through Wanda's past and, mm -hmm. and visiting those periods and doing that whole thing. And that was awesome. Falcon and Winter Soldier did episode five truth, which was the battle with John Walker and revisiting Isaiah Bradley and Sam making the decision and all that stuff and resolving a lot of those plot lines. And this was just a big battle at the GRC with the flag smashers and stuff. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of confusing stuff that happened in the show. It feels like again, COVID might, and they said that it hasn't, people are kind of like downplaying it, but I feel like COVID did jumble up the show a little bit and kind of muddle some of it. Yeah. Some things are just really confusing. Like the characterizations are really confusing. It's like the show didn't, had villains but never wanted to really say they were villains and you know kind of were all yeah. over the place with that um right. which is unusual for the mcu but uh yeah i mean john walker i was like we're supposed to hate but by the end we're supposed to love because now he's like helping people and fighting with sam and bucky and <laughs> carly morgenthau is somebody we're supposed to be sympathetic to on a political level but then at the end she's just like hey put those people in armor cars and burn them and let's yeah. just gas this place and you're like okay and even her followers yeah. are like whoa bro like and it's like, all we're going to say is one world, one people. That's all good. And it's like, no, that's not all good. Like, I don't know. You are a terrorist. But then at the end, he's like, don't call them a terrorist. You know, as a black captain in America, I'm not sure that was the hill to start dying on right away. Um, but yeah. it, it was kind of confusing, kind of muddled. They killed my boy Bat Rock, which was kind of 
unforgivable to me. But uh, yeah. Anyway, Sam Wilson Falcon became Captain America. He got a new suit. Captain America's thighs will save lives. I've been saying that ever since. <laughs> Tree trucks. Tree yeah. trucks, man. Yeah. Um, and now that was that. That was kind of the muted ending to that. But what Marvel did unexpectedly, I don't think any of us expected this as we were kind of rushing through Falcon and the Winter Soldier kind of ending stuff on Friday was Marvel just came out and was like, all right, that Captain America 4 is coming. And so, yeah, we're getting Captain America 4 with Falcon and Winter Soldier showrunner Malcolm Spellman, I believe, and uh, the writer of the Truth episode. And I don't want to butcher his name, but uh, he's also going to be working on the film. They're going to be writing it together, which is kind of exciting in its way, because this will be Sam Wilson's kind of first outing as, you know, Captain America. He is getting a proper movie, which I think was important and kind of good. And yeah. the fact that they're bringing the Falcon and Winter Soldier creative people into it to handle the script lets me know that they aren't going to shy away, even on the big screen. Because I was really kind of curious about, like, would Marvel really take it there on one of their big blockbuster movies as opposed to this kind of long form TV format? And it seems like they won't. They they will lean into kind of, you know, again, the things about race in American society and what it means for a black man to take up the shield as Captain America, but also having a lot of nods. And, you know, I say this to a lot of people who would understand it, but like, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier was, you know, a real was black as hell in some ways. And the things that it was willing to kind of go into and the way it approached things, it talked about things. And I feel like we're going to get that flavor in this kind of Captain America movie. And I'm really interested to see as for what they're going to do with the story. I have no idea. I don't know if it's going to be just a kind of separate new story. I hope we bring back Chris Evans because he's big time enough to appear in a movie as Steve Rogers <laughs> and help us settle some of this. But will we see like John Walker show up again? Like, you know, where are these other characters? The Falcon and Litter Soldier left so many threads open for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm just kind of interested to see which ones will come in Captain America for. I never read Sam Wilson, Captain America, the comic run. I'm going to now, obviously, but uh, Matt, you have any insight for us on that, on that front? Um, I, I mean, most of the things that um, I'm excited about are, are things they've set up in this uh, finale, but again, it's just continuations. It, they, they surprised me in a, in a welcome way uh, as far as how they leaned into that storyline throughout the season. Um, and that was my biggest thing going into it. Are they, is this going to be a, you know, sugar-coated version of this? Are they, or they're going to avoid the controversial things or whatever and, and just gloss over them so that you can say, Hey, look, we, we shined a light here and then not really do any, go any deeper. And they didn't. And I'm excited for some of that in the movie. I, I think it actually benefits the fact that it's the same team, but my biggest issues with the season overall have been uh, what I kind of constitute as like unnecessary elements. Uh, there's a lot of like, if you were to go through the season, you could cut a lot of fat and stuff that just either complicated the plot for no reason, or just ended up really not delivering the message that I think they were trying to send. And if you just boil it down to, the stuff revolving around Sam revolving around the legacy revolving around Isaiah Bradley. That's a show in itself. Like, I don't really think you needed 
one, I don't even think you really needed Winter Soldier, but I don't think you needed like all the other stuff that comes with it. And so for them going into a movie where you kind of have to boil some of that down uh, just for natural runtime purposes, but also just focus. He's now cap. You can now just run with that ball. You don't have to do a bunch of setup. I think is beneficial. I'm actually excited that they're going to do a movie next and not a show because I I really think like he's ready. You don't you don't have to to do that. Um, so I'm I'm excited for that. I will say two things about the finale. I thought I agree with you in a lot of ways that like there are things about this finale that just like people <laughs> about facing character like characters just seem like to go in completely opposite ways. It's kind of like how people Sharon Carter gassed a guy, melted right. his face. So right. weird. Right. And then, but like, even with her, right. Because some of the stuff is like, she hasn't been really given her due. You still are kind of like, yeah, you're in her corner. And then you're happy that the pardon comes. And then it's like, nope, I'm still going to be playing both sides and all this stuff. And it's like, which I find interesting for that character, but it's, it's just one in like several of like, I don't feel the way you want me to feel about these people. Like I, I'm, I don't, I don't feel happy for Walker. I don't feel like that villain and like that whole thing with the flag smashers. I just thought fell on its face. I, I don't. And I, so I don't know why Sam is going to bat for them. It's weird. However, what it do, my whole thing coming into the show was in this finale was like, I feel like it's going to disappoint some people, but as long as they get me to where he is cap and we get that running with the necessary emotion it needs, uh, to really hit with an impact, I'll be okay. And for me, that final sequence between Isaiah and Sam, I cried. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I teared up. I thought that was an emotional moment. That's the kind of stuff I loved from this series is when you go into that and you explore that stuff and that whole conversation between them. And I loved that. And that was what I wanted from this finale. Like, I could have just had... I didn't need all the other stuff (laughs) that that stuff is the substance for me for this whole series. So if the movie can continue to do that and build off of that, we're good. Like even if they change everything from the comics, we that's the core. Like that's the stuff that makes it, that made that run interesting. So I'm good for it. If we can do that. Man, that was a complex answer. I meant like, wasn't there just simple plot lines from the (laughs) comic that you could just tell man, man, I don't, I don't, I don't go, I don't go surface, man. I go deep. <laughs> I go deep, man. Like Sam fights like uh, something, somebody and somebody. That's not interesting to me. If they just like, I, we've talked about it before. I'm over this like, hey, well, I saw this character show up in page whatever and they're in the MC. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like we're past that. I want meaningful stories. I want character development. That's the stuff I cared about in this mm-hmm. show. I didn't care about that this character was from, hey, they're making an MCU doing, duh. Like, what else do you expect? <laughs> like, I'm past that. I, Easter eggs bore me. I want real. And so when this show gives me that, I'm great. And when it doesn't, it's you like, put man, that in a rap lyric. I'm just saying, I dropped the bar right there. I'm just, I'm just going to put that. <laughs> definitely put that in a that rap a lyric. Bar. Here, we got to get to a couple, couple, just couple things that people are saying in the comments, and I don't want to forget about them. Um we don't know if if Sharon is a scroll. It would be a very interesting link between all of these kind of earthbound shows, uh, especially Secret Invasion, obviously, and Armored Wars. We don't I think Armored Wars is going to be the undercover kind of this dealt with Captain America's legacy. Now that he's gone after again game, I think Armored Wars is going to deal with Tony Stark's legacy in a big way and probably set up Ironheart and Riri Williams and that whole thing um, at the end by the end of it. 
I think that Sharon could be the power broker could be a big player in armor wars. Cause I mean, they basically spelled that out at the end. She's like, all right, well we tried super serum. It didn't work out. So we got tech now because I'm back in the government. I got that hookup. And so, you know, all that tech and stuff she could be giving out and, and be behind all of that. So uh, yeah. And I think that a lot of these series are what they're shaping up to be, which I have mixed feelings about is they are just the plot filler that existed between Marvel movies all along now they just have a way to keep us tuned in and, you know, fill some of those things with development. So I think you are going to see things that are going to be all over the place. Like Matt was saying, this wasn't, this could have been just Sam's, you know, dealing with the legacy of Captain America. You didn't really need the Winter Soldier, except that we saw him and Bucky get the shield at the end of Endgame. And we would need to know why in Captain America for like, where the hell is Bucky is what people would say. Yeah. So that's why we kind of got a Bucky thing tacked onto this so that Sam could fully step out and have the shield so that the next Captain America movie, we all know why he's there. We all know the circumstances. We all know what's going on and how the world has changed and what kind of stuff he's facing and what kind of secret things are stacked up against him. Um, they could have used this format after like Iron Man three, for example, between Avengers two, which is one thing fans like me point to all the time of saying, yeah, that was a weird jump where Tony Stark ended Iron Man three being like, man, F a suit. I'm Iron Man because I am. And like yeah. I'm Tony Stark. And then in Avengers 2, he's just like, yep, I got all these suits. I'm back, baby. And you're like, wait, what happened here? Like Disney Plus series change? are tie-in issues. Yeah, like that's they, what it, it is. basically is. It's just a long tie-in issue to, and I made the joke on Twitter, but it is. It's like a re-origin for a character we already know for why they have a new costume and a slightly new circumstance yeah. in the MCU so that the next movie, we don't have to take time on all that. We already know. Um, and it, and it, and I'm going to be interested to see how it works when we get to Dr. Strange two and Captain America four. Um, I'm now more curious than ever than, cause I'm not expecting big things in and of itself anymore of Loki and big reveals and stuff, but I'm wondering like, what is the game of Loki then? Like, what is Loki really setting up? Like, is it, are we going to finally get to this Marvel multiverse in this whole idea that can then expand to things like Kang and all this other stuff we're going to get? Um, I mean, that's that's my bet. So that we don't have to have a primer for every movie. <laughs> like, what is the Marvel multiverse? What are the rules? What is this? What is that? Who are the policing people? Like, what is that? Like, we'll have all that established, right? Through Loki. Yeah, that's a good um, point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of interested to see what comes, but I, I'm kind of a little bit more wary of these series as they come up. I'm I'm putting away my Mephisto Loki theories already. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't think he's going to show up in Mephisto. Um, yeah. I'm just mad I didn't get my Thunderbolts quite yet, but did I? Did Val? Is Val going to be setting up my Thunderbolts? I don't know. They have to. I don't know. But um, yeah, anybody else? Janelle? Yeah, I, God, I, I've talked about this a lot and I know we've, you know, it's been some time since we saw this episode, but um, I... I I don't love the show. I, I can't believe I'm saying this. Like I, it wasn't my favorite show. Didn't feel emotionally connected to any of the characters except um, for like just a few tiny little moments that are really relevant to the time we're in right now. And that was, that was like the driving factor for me. Um, I came into this show because Bucky winter soldier is my, one of my favorite characters in the MCU. And Matt, you said you didn't even need Winter Soldier in the series. And I completely agree with you. I feel like uh, he should have just had his own series uh, about how he becomes White Wolf. Um, I, I'm, I'm disappointed in, in his 
skill. And I talked about this uh, in, in several different places where people are arguing like, but it's all about his mental illness and trying to get better. That's what the whole show is about. It's not about him being a, you know, a, a, a badass. I don't know if I can say ass on here. Like, I love Winter Soldier because he is so scary. He is a killer. He can take people out. He is strong and he is fierce. And um, I really haven't seen that since Civil War. I haven't seen him be strong. And um, and that's what I wanted to see, I, at least in the resolution, at least in the last episode, at least like somewhere in this series. I want to see him obviously get past like this mental block that's going on. But I also want him to just be a fighter because he's really, really good at fighting. Um, very disappointed in in his role in this. And I, if they do go on with the second season, I would really like the focus to be on his journey. Um, also, I'm going to catch more. I'm going to, I keep catching a lot of flack for this, but Captain America, the new Falcon suit is awesome, but I cannot stop looking at his ear holes. They're so awkward. Like if you watch the episode again, like. you're just going to see these ears sticking out awkwardly. I, I don't, I know it's comic book accurate, but I wish they would have covered the ears or done something different. I also, I just, I don't like the headpiece at all. Um, it's just so awkward. It's like when, and people have sent me messages <laughs> <laughs> you put that the that's a good shot. Cause that's from what? the front. I don't but if see you the see problem it, with the ears. If you see it from the side, go back and watch it. It, they're just, it's just weird. It's a, it's, it's just a little jarring and people were sending me images of it. Not no. knowing that I had called it out <laughs> on like is it a call out or do you have an ear thing? Let's just be honest. Oh I don't know. I, it's just do people's ears know. freak you out, you know? Yeah, I, do I don't Photoshop, know. Do Photoshop I mean, ears out of things. Big, like just the top. Like let's let the top of his skull be completely open to getting pulverized. Like why? I I don't understand. It just seems not. I don't it's know. Not conducive to flying. Oh. Yeah, I guess I just give him a helmet. <laughs> but like, other than that, it was amazing um, to see our new Captain America. I will. You say just that. shredded everything about that and ended <laughs> it like with like. It was amazing. Oh, this to sucked. Have. Both main characters suck. The one main character looks like. Oh, he's I really have good. to be this congrats, way. Congrats, yo! Respect. I have <laughs> to be this way because I feel like you know I was so fulfilled for WandaVision. I was so happy. Like even with the finale, that wasn't you know we we kind of all agreed it wasn't the strongest episode in the series. I still felt satisfied by it, um, and. I keep I have to say this every week because we have new people that listen in, but this is better than the real housewives of San Diego or wherever the heck I don't watch these shows. Is this show better than Dancing with the Stars? Yes, it's better than so many shows. It's an amazing show, but I, I have Dancing to hold it up against the MCU <laughs> projects. And so to me, this is probably one of my least favorite MCU, you know, projects that I've seen. But don't those other shows have? But it's less, still awesome. We still have Captain America. Don't those other shows have less crazy ears? I will take. They probably have some cra crazy ears on Housewives. I will take Isaiah Bradley and Sam Wilson interacting against 
almost anything else I saw in WandaVision. Yeah, Carl Lumby. Carl, Carl Lumby puts it down, yeah. man. That's that, Mantis that's, right there. And if yeah. you were, if you don't know what I mean by that, do your do your research. Mantis. M period A period N period T period I period S period. Lots of periods. Black uh, superhero show in the nineties. Most yeah. of y'all probably didn't watch it. Good show. But uh, yeah, man, good for thing. good for the nineties. <laughs> yeah, man, good for the nineties, right? That's all we had sometimes. Oh, uh, but um, moving right along. So we're gonna be on the lookout for what comes next from the Falcon Winter Soldier because I'm curious if they're also going to do a season two of this and how that works like is now Mackie too big for the show and now is in the movie uh, Bucky could still go on Nomad I think they should do a Nomad type deal for him and just kind of let him go around because that was cool in the first episode and I feel like we never really came back to that first episode yeah. when they were separated and he was doing that whole thing so Samantha's love in the chat by the way just gotta, gotta yeah that. yes. that's my man Mantis baby <laughs> all right Matt let's move on let's talk comics yeah. this week what do we got we we, we got to breeze through these a little bit <laughs> quicker, but uh, let's start with Marvel. We're already on the Marvel train, so let's start with Marvel. So I remember talking about this for the first time, and Kofi's eyes, I think, rolled into the back of his head <laughs> when we talked about this. Uh, so Miles Morales Spider-Man is getting its own clone saga, uh, the infamous uh, 90s. Man, a lot of 90s talk today. Uh, the infamous 90s. Uh, event for Spider-Man and and since then they've done a clone saga kind of redo so to speak in the current Spider-Man books a couple years ago and now Miles is getting his so all of this takes off uh, in Spider-Man or sorry Miles Morales Spider-Man number 25 um, if you haven't been reading the issue so I actually started so I don't know if Janelle you read any previous issues before this one? Have not um, read any previous okay. issues. Okay, so I kind of started. I was like, "Here, let's start from here because this is actually the official launch of it." Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, there was some context missing. If you're if you're not keeping up, it kind of it really felt like for a part one that you're kind of coming in in the middle of a of a story for me. At least that's how it kind of felt initially. Um, there's also not a lot of clone stuff until about midway through so it's it's weird it's a weird launching issue into what's kind of supposed to be a, a big event but from the stuff that's here i i really enjoyed there's a lot of interesting peter parker shows up in this issue and so there's a lot of really entertaining back and forth anytime they they get together uh in a panel it's always great um so i mean uh saladin ahmed uh and carmen carnero by the way the art in this is i love carmen's work on Captain Marvel. Uh, so like having her on this book is great. Um, so it was, it was interesting. I wasn't like taken away <laughs> by this uh, is a weird first issue, but there's some stuff I enjoyed, but yeah, it wasn't a hit out of the park for me. What did you guys think? Um, Oh man, this was like clone saga light, which is saying a lot because clone saga was already light. Uh, so <laughs> this was like clone saga light. And I was just, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I was really hoping they had found a way to crack into this topic in a new kind of exciting way, but I don't, I'm not there yet. I really don't. Here's my problems. First of all, the, the beginning of this is just a, a, just a straight up beat for beat repeat of like original clone saga, just condensed really fast. You know, yeah. the mystery, there's a Spider-Man out there doing stuff, but it's not me. Like, what is it? You know, what's going on here? Um, and then we get this thing where, you know, he goes and he has this encounter and I, I feel like it's contrived that anybody should be able to stop and verify if somebody's a clone or not. It's Peter Parker, Spider-Man. 
instead of having a throwdown with Miles being like, you're not the real one. You must yeah. be the clone. Like that just felt like really forced for. And again, it's just a repeat beat of a same story. The thing that kind of then threw me by the end that had me kind of like mm, given to the side glances, we get to the end and it's not clone saga for this is a very loose kind of concept because these are like genetic monsters based on Miles Morales, but they're not when well, once he starts one guy's face is melting and he's saying glub all the time. That's not really <laughs> like a clone, bro. Like that's not like a perfect copy of somebody by any measure. And the ones we meet at the end all look like they're also like something from John Carpenter's thing. You know what I mean? So like, it, it's kind of a weird concept. It's like, if I would just make it like spider monsters built off miles Morales clone saga. is just kind of a thing. And then there's nothing really like clone-ish about it. The whole thing that also got into you in the original clone saga was this kind of mind game where you made you doubt if Peter Parker was the original Peter Parker, or if he hadn't been swapped out for a clone at some point, which was kind of this point of intrigue and really, deeper subtext about like what is reality what does it mean to be like a clone who has the real experience you know that whole familiar sci-fi thing which is cool about cloning and you know dying and living on and other body all that stuff right um and in the clone saga had a good villain the jackal and big reveals by the end and some good clone characters so far we have none of that in this first chapter and the first yeah. chapter is supposed to establish a storyline and make you really want to get into it. And we get yeah. none of that in this. It's just like small anecdotal scenes of Miles's life. His parents are concerned. His best friend's screwing his ex. Like, you know, Peter <laughs> thinks he's a clone and they have a fight. And it's like, this is all kind of teenage, like anecdotal stuff, but it doesn't feel like a larger storyline. Uh, the clone's kind of incidental in a lot of this. And so mm-hmm. uh, I'm just kind of at a loss of like why I'm supposed to care about this. So far, they've done nothing to hook me. Like you're showing me genetic copies of Miles Morales that you could have that show up in any issue. Like yeah. this is not an event. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. No, what'd you think? I mean, same. I, I, I didn't need a lot of the context. Like, I feel like they did kind of lay it out a little bit. Obviously I don't know uh, like drama that was arising prior, but I felt like I understood what was going on. I didn't feel lost at all. I have definitely felt more lost on other comics <laughs> that I've read. Um, so I really didn't mind it. I liked the artwork. Uh, I loved seeing the two Batman kind of like, I loved seeing Peter Parker. Uh, and I feel like that dialogue really explained a couple things. Um, and I, I, I definitely don't dislike it. Like I'm excited to keep reading. I want to see what's going on. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'm just optimistic on this one, but I'm, I'm excited about it. I think this one's going to be cool at least for me uh, to experience the clone shtick for the first time in a comic. Yeah, that might actually, yeah. I think that that is a good point. That actually might work to your benefit. Right. Because I think you don't have all the baggage that <laughs> <Yeah>. comes with <laughs> the, the other stuff. That, like, if there's no Kobe Ben Riley to this, if there's no Kane, if there's not a cool ass Miles Morales clone that I want to root for, like, you know, I'm done. <laughs> oh, no, man, Kane. Yeah. Sucker for Kane. Hey, yes. Okay. So moving on. Uh, so that's that. So that's actually pretty, uh, that's actually ironically, I think, more optimistic <laughs> than yeah. I thought it would be. Um, so we move on to Robin. Uh, so for those uh, who have not been following, um, in the in the books uh before future state robin had kind of you know essentially thrown away the robin mantle he had kind of gone back uh to his mom and and the league of assassins and then also didn't really like where that was going so then he kind of left to 
be on his own and, and do his own thing. And he also discovered some things um, that his father had hidden from him um, and that uh, Roz had also hidden. So like there was a bunch of his and his mom had hidden from him. So it was a lot of stuff that he's trying to unpack and he's kind of going his own way. Um, the a lot of this also stems from what happened in uh, the Bane storyline in the in Tom King's Batman series where Alfred was killed in front of Damien and, you know, for, for trying to kind of get back into the city and things like that. And, and there's a lot of stuff that's been covered and actually a, a really good one shot. And some of the Batman books about, you know, how much resentment he holds towards Bruce for Alfred dying and things like that. It's been actually, it's been really some rich stuff. And then of course, Robin was leading the Titans at one point, And then he, he started doing some really dark stuff uh, in that <laughs> book as leaders. So then like they kind of turned. And so he, doesn't so he's kind of on the run he's wanted kind of he's on the run batman's looking for him so that's all the stuff that we kind of we we launch into robin's solo series with uh and to me it's the most interesting i mean i'm i actually i used to hate damien wayne well i'll admit when like son of batman and some of that stuff was coming out he was obnoxious uh in the years since i have actually come around to really liking him depending on who the writer is I really enjoy him and kind of the spark of chaos he brings. So here I'm coming into it. Like this is actually a really interesting road for him. It, it lets him be who he is, his kind of brash side without some of the inhibitors that being part of the Batman family brings, but you still have some of that because of course, all that's going around going on around him. So this, I actually really dug this. I, I was in on this issue. Um, I thought it did a pretty good job of setting the table for like what's gone down. Some of the, his conversation with Alfred is really interesting. And I hope they kind of keep that up. Um, so I, I dug this issue. I thought it's, I mean, if you're not a Damien fan, I actually thought this might be enough to at least give you to give him a shot again. I don't know if it'll completely sway you, but I really like this issue. So I'm, I'm all in on this. What'd you guys think? Janelle, you can go. Okay. I am, I, I wasn't like super invested at the start and I kind of didn't really know what it was all about. But by the last page, I'm chomping at the bit. Like I need to know where we're going from here. I don't know if we're spoiling, so I don't want to spoil, but no, no, you just, can spoil. We're, we're spoiled. Spoil, 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 spoil. Like this is ruining the whole thing. Is that like the last page is like, it is he dead? <laughs> like <Right>. I'm, <laughs> So shocked uh, and really excited to see what's happening next. I, I just, I'm pumped. I actually am really excited about this just because of that. Again, not super familiar with any of the Robin stuff in the comics. So uh, I felt like they adequately explained to me his role, his relationships uh, to different people. And, uh, and now I feel like I have this like high stake situation at the end of the first book so i'm really excited about this one yay yeah tell me what you think um the last time i really picked up a robin number one was tim drake's one in the 90s when that debuted oh man and uh <laughs> yeah i think this was better than that um i've grown damien's grown on me as well and i think this book kind of takes him back to his roots in a very kind of good way where you know, he's this arrogant kind of prick, but underneath it all, he is a, a little kid just trying to figure out like where he belongs because he doesn't in his sense of just, you know, identity and belonging, which is kind of his real deeper character story. 
because uh, he was raised by, you know, Batman's like mortal enemies. And he's also Batman. It's a weird parentage to have. And being stuck between these two worlds kind of pulls at him a lot. And so this was kind of cool to see him out on his own. And I didn't know if Damien could like really sustain a book by himself, but he very much does. And they do some creative tricks like him imagining the ghost Alfred and, you know, talking to him and all that stuff. But his just kind of resolve of going around the world and basically recreating Batman's formative years of just traveling, doing what he wanted, fighting, you know, trying to prove to be to become the best fighter and the best detective and all that stuff is interesting because it it is a connection because, again, he might on the surface look like he hates Bruce, but he's trying to be like him and trying to kind of follow in his footsteps. And they just did some fun things like punk King snake in this, who was like a major DC villain. And then he just gets punked by this kid and stuff like that. And the twist at the end with Damien's arrogance coming back on him and him getting canoed by in that fight with, uh, with that girl. Um, yeah. To let him know that this tournament and I love simple. I like when comic books do simple premises that you can then get more complex within like, so an enter the dragon scenario, this like Lazarus tournament or whatever it is. I mean, the, the name suggests there is a way for him to come back from the dead. Right. Right. Like, yeah. But at a price as always. Um, and that could be very interesting with what, you know, his life gets altered by kind of doing this and, and what that means. But yeah, it's a simple premise. He wants to find this tournament. He has to beat up a bunch of people to get invited. He does that. And you know, where we go from here as he's trying to make a name for himself while living under the shadow of being the son of the bat and, you know, the grand, the grandson of the demon and all that stuff is interesting. And there's a lot of good character work that can be done here. And I was surprised how well Damien was able to carry this book. Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. man. Oh, look at us. I mean, so, so positive. positive. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> also, I don't know, Joe, we, but we can save this for another show. Cause I know we got a couple other things to get to, but um, did you have a chance to, check out the Captain Marvel. I did. I started, uh, I started right away um, with the first book you sent me. I know you gave me a backstory, but I was actually doing okay. I just understand that she's going through a really rough breakup and, uh, and I'm excited to see where it goes from there. I fell asleep reading it last night. (laughs) So, (laughs) so we could definitely chat about it more next week, but I am really pumped to see where it goes. I'm really loving these choices this week. I had such a good time reading these comics. Yay. Yeah. So uh, also before we, we go uh, from comics. There was a little bit of breaking news uh, a little bit. So DC Fandom is coming back for a second round. Oh. Uh, it will be October 16th later this year. Uh, of course, they haven't said like what will be there, but the last Fandom event was a uh, there was a pretty big hit around the the comic book office. And I think it went really well. I mean, aside from like a technical snafu here and there, uh, there was a lot of big announcements. It kind of a lot of people felt like it essentially did what Comic Con's online event couldn't mm-hmm. and fandom delivered a bunch of announcements, a bunch of first looks. So the fact that they're bringing it back this year, I'm stoked. There's a lot of big DC projects that of course we would love to get more info on. Uh, so I'm, I'm stoked for that. I think that's great. Um, but that's comics this week. Jane Matt says Batman true Batman two trailer in October or no Batman second trailer in October. Yeah, man. I hope they don't make us wait till October for a new, the Batman trailer. That'd be crazy. Yeah. That'd be really crazy. Be um, yeah. So, Real quick, we got to get out of here soon, but we did want to kind of just go and throw over and talk about this new game, Outriders, that's out. Uh, Matt is playing. I am playing. I started playing Outriders and getting into it a little bit, but uh, then that Call of Duty update kind of 
drag oh, me yeah. back into that. I got a new place to play in, new games to play. So uh, I've been stuck on Call of Duty still. They got me back. But uh, Matt, you wanted to stump for our Outriders. You got it. You got like a minute. Go ahead. Oh, I gotta give I gotta <laughs> give our own Jim Viscardi credit because he's been egging me. He's like, dude, you gotta play. You gotta play Outriders. You gonna you gonna play play. So we finally linked up, uh, and it was enough to get me hooked. And I and I think it's. It's like I, since going PlayStation, I've been missing Gears of War uh, because, of course, like I, I am not one of the two console people. I, was, I typically afford one. All right. So I have PlayStation. And so I've been missing my Gears of War. And this is as close to that fix as I've had so far on the PlayStation side. Uh, a lot like Gears of War uh, stories at times just like. I don't know. Some of the voice acting here is terrible. <laughs> some of the like the the way they set up certain things is weird and awkward. However, uh, the stuff that the narrative, like the premise and the lore and stuff is interesting. But the combat, the gunplay is third person, straight up cover based mechanics is awesome. It's a, it's addicting as hell. Uh, all I want to do is just like go back in and start playing. Of course, you'll like find random guns and you can start. I, I unlocked all the crafting stuff. So I've become addicted to that. Uh, I found a sniper rifle that I can like one shot people uh, in the head. If you get that perfect spot, like it's, it's hitting that itch. And like, aside from naming my character Baird, like this is as close <laughs> as I'm getting uh, to gears on, on PS five. So I, I'm digging it a lot. Like I, and as you go into the story, there is interesting stuff there too, but like the gunplay is fun. Uh, honestly, Playing the game is amazing. Getting into the game, I don't know if you've had this problem, Goey, but getting into the game is like can take forever. Yeah, like, it takes a long time because I did the first part and I thought, and there was an autosave, and I thought I was good, and I was like, okay, I got to do something else. I turned it off, and I came back, and I had to start all over yeah. again, and I was just like, oh, oh my, my god, please. it could be long between saves. Yeah, that's one thing. Wow. I wish they just let you autosave, like manual save, and get out. But um, it is basically Gears of War but with this added element of destiny's powers, you know, and classes uh, and they kind of just lump the two together and it works surprisingly well. Like the cover base mechanics I love in shooting, but it's so much better when you can just like run up to people and I'm a pyromancer and just like flame them. And because you start to lose a lot of those gun battles, like you start to get shot up and Mm -hmm. it starts to go South and then you got to whip out your powers and and know how to effectively employ those different classes of powers because that's what really helps you take down people in battle and and really kind of take out mass amounts of enemies. And the more you get used to that and and using that, it becomes a lot of fun because you could run in a room full of just enemies and be like, no, I'm going to slaughter you all. I'm going to dodge. And when you get the kind of cover, and the cover-based stuff is really a lot tighter than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. So you can like move from one you know thing on one side of the room and then point to another and have your character automatically like run there and take cover, flame those dudes, run behind them, then shotgun everybody. It, it's a, it gets to be a lot of fun, and they and they've balanced it out pretty well so that like while you're using your powers and getting shot up, all everybody you kill like for my guy generates health for me and yeah. then I get all my health back and then I'm like oh word and I turn around and just start slaughtering everybody else behind me and like it, it gets a lot of fun. I haven't gotten into co-op yet, but I I. I can see from the setup that it's pretty fun too. how to strategize how to kind of you know flank and move and do all that stuff so it, the mechanics of it are pretty good i'm, I'm kind of happy with outriders yeah i'm an i'm an ice based on like i have the cryo uh turret and like i have like a little missile launcher that like pops up and like can shoot a bunch of stuff and having that with playing with jim who was a pyromancer as well so like having the ice and fire back and forth is is awesome like yeah it's it's addictive like they get the technical stuff smoothed out 
Um, because like you can be on that opening screen. I've had to restart the game. Oh yeah, four that's times. a big thing. Oh yeah, my that god, that opening screen with just spinning circle. You'll be there forever. Like yeah. entry square <laughs> annex. Like, am yeah, I though? Close, get out. Here. Close, get out. And I'm like, oh my god, I just want to start it. Like, yeah, that is the most that's frustrating what, part. To be honest, that's what got me back to Call of Duty. Is I finished my download of Call of Duty, and one time I was trying to play Outriders, and it was like I had to reload it like three times, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna play Call of Duty. Um, yeah. but uh, yeah, they got to get some things smoothed out. But uh, yeah. Outriders is pretty good so far. Yeah, pretty fun. So that's cool. that's Outriders. All right, how to do it for our show, uh, Comic Book Nation? Man, this one got longer than I thought it would be. <laughs> we went deep on a lot of things today. Uh, we gotta do a couple quick shoutouts as always. We have quick mentions. I'm gonna mention Invincible once again. We had Robert Kirkman on a few shows ago uh, to talk about Invincible, but that animated series has really grown so on bad. me a lot. It's really good, so and I really look forward to that every week. And it's coming towards the end of its arc, but. Um, for season one, but uh, yeah, definitely go out and support that. Amazon's Invincible. It'll scratch that itch for the boys. It'll scratch that itch for the 2000s kind of Justice League cartoon and all that. Um, And it's really good. So I'm really enjoying that. Also, and this is for uh, Jim Viscardi out there and the rest of our staff who I've had to dodge (laughs) on spoilers, gotten some downright fights, but um, the circle is back for season two, baby. This got me through quarantine last year, was watching the circle and Circle season two is on Netflix right now, and I've been enjoying that. I'm taking my time with that. I'm treating it like a real reality show. Take it like a you know show every couple of days. I watch an episode, but uh, they brought over my girl Chloe from Too Hot to Handle, which is like the greatest crossover in reality show history, in my opinion. <laughs> um, and I love the Circle. It's just it's just the a Circle. It's like game. a social media thing, right? Is that wrong? No. What is that? Who are you? And who? I don't know oh, what God. the circle is. By the way, I'm, I'm sorry. I, both of you. I don't know this. Yes, Teach the circle. Me. For anybody wondering, is a social media game. So a bunch of people go and they live in like in a, in a fancy apartment building, and they can't leave their rooms. They can't meet each other. They just communicate through chat threads and voice activated chat uh, threads. Okay. Uh, which is called the circle. It's and no floor it. is lava, Kofi. Okay. No. All right. Uh, I love the floor is lava. It's so yeah. good. But uh, <laughs> it, but it's really good because they have to because some people are catfish and some people are real and who they are. Ooh. And so they got to out strategize each other basically through chat threads okay. to kind of like vote who who goes home every week. And people become influencers and they're immune. And it's a whole setup. So, wow. Yeah. But everybody's just in their room and they have to play in their rooms and they can't see each other until like once somebody's eliminated, then they get to go and pick one person they want to meet in person and stuff like that. Oh, my gosh. So it, gets, it gets really good because it's just like all the drama of every chat thread you've ever had with friends like turns into a TV show. <laughs> yeah. Like also, and so yes, Alex, the Miz is Johnny Gage. Yes, he is. All right, so that's Invisible <laughs> the Circle, uh, season two. Matt, you had some things to say before we get out of here. Uh, just real quick, uh, tease of things to come this week and, and the next. Uh, if you are interested in Monster Hunter World, the board game, we've got some impressions going up. That game is fun as hell. Uh, also, Dark Side of the Ring season three is coming. Uh, by the way, if you ever want to not be depressed. Love that. Uh, don't start a day by watching. No. Because, <laughs> oh my Man. God. That will depress, oh no. That will depress you. Uh, but I mean, like they should have an entire therapy set just for wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man. It is crazy. So we've got an interview uh, with the creators uh, coming up uh, next week. So watch for that. And uh, season three looks to be as interesting and compelling as season one and two were. Um, some big stories here. So definitely keep a lookout for that. But that's me. Janelle, do you have anything you want to shout out before we get out of here? I just, um, I finished reading The Killing Joke and it like is so disturbing. And I also watched the animated special on HBO 
And it like the comic book is so freaking frightening and disturbing. And it I like couldn't sleep at night and just bravo because that was a very, very <laughs> job well done. And I just have to give props because it was very, very well done. And also Harley Quinn, I finished the animated series on uh, you know, on HBO and it's just awesome if you guys Fantastic. haven't checked it out. Yeah. King Shark. All I right. love King Shark. He's it's my favorite. So Bronze lunches for the win. So good. Yep. <laughs> All right, and that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we are live every Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern time on Twitch, on Facebook, and on Fa- uh, and on YouTube. Sorry. If you missed a live show, you can watch on any of those platforms The after the show has been recorded. If you want to listen, we are on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, the big ones. You can tell any smart home device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast. It'll get going for us. For you, if you like the show, go on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. We appreciate it, as always. We will be back next week. You can find us at our Twitter handles or at the Twitter handle at Comic Book Nation. You can see it if you're watching. If you want to know where to find me, I'm, I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I am at Matt Aguilar CB. I am at Janelle Wheeler. And we want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in with us and thank you to Mark Deschamps for also jumping on and talking Mortal Kombat with us today and our gaming team for doing all that coverage. You can check the, all that stuff out on on comicbook.com gaming. We have a whole bunch of Mortal Kombat insights, interviews, video interviews, all that good stuff. So check that all out if you love the movie. All right, that'll do it for this episode. We're Comic Book Nation. We're out. Peace. <laughs>